you ever been in a meeting and your boss asks you a question about your ideas on a particular subject? And after you share your thoughts, your boss has that look of disgust on their face. It says, we can't do that. This is the way we've always done this. Or, we've tried in the past and it didn't work. Or, everyone starts laughing and someone says, there, here she goes again while rolling their eyes. Negativity and dismissiveness hurts. When your boss responds this way, creativity stops and suppresses the rest of the group's creative thoughts and ideas. No one wants to be humiliated like this in front of others. Then it gets even better. You're in a meeting with the accounting and finance team and they're reviewing your financial results for the last quarter. You're afraid to ask a question or make any comments because you don't want to look stupid. After all, you don't have an accounting or finance degree, so what do you know? What is the real issue in both of these scenarios? The corporate culture does not allow you to speak your mind and ask questions without feeling insecure or embarrassed. In my 30 plus years in the corporate world, I've experienced too many times when I was ridiculed because I said something that was perceived to be as stupid or I should have known the answer. Is this behavior motivating, inspiring, or productive? Of course not, and yet, We've all experienced this at one time or another in our careers. The good news is you can create a culture where all ideas have validity, where ideas are accepted and discussed, and where questions are asked without judgment or fear of embarrassment. <laughs> okay, hey, hey, quit shaking your head and thinking that's never going to happen and saying, there he goes again, this crate with his crazy ideas and comments. As you continue to listen to this episode, do this. Keep an open mind and don't pass judgment until you hear me out. Deal? Deal. Now, there's one critical element in creating this new corporate culture, and that element is psychological safety. In a Harvard Business Review article titled, High Performing Teams Need Psychological Safety and Here's How to Create It, the article defines psychological safety as the belief that you won't be punished when you make a mistake. Studies show that psychological safety allows for moderate risk-taking, speaking your mind, creativity, and sticking your neck out without the fear of having it cut off. I know someone out there thinks that I'm making this up using the HBRS cover, but I'm not. Psychological safety is a real thing. Google the term and learn more. In a similar article by Rework titled, The Five Keys to a Successful Google Team, the article starts off by stating, who is on the team matters less than how the team members interact, structure the work, and view their contributions. Hmm. In other words, the way the team collaborates is more important than who is on the team. In improv, the team is the sum of all of its parts, not just individual contributors. The article goes on to state that there are five key dynamics that set successful teams apart from other teams at Google. And the number one dynamic is, drum roll please, psychological safety. Psychological safety is defined as, can we take risks on this team without feeling insecure or embarrassed? The remaining four dynamics are, well, now wait for a second. I have a better idea. Google the article and read it to learn about the other four. 
So the question becomes, how do you increase psychological safety on your team? The Harvard Business Review article states that approach conflict as a collaborator, not an adversary, when conflicts come up. Avoid triggering a fight-or-flight reaction by asking, how could we achieve a mutually desirable outcome and be curious to hear the other person's point of view? I am no brain expert, but what I do know is that when you're harassed by your boss or one of your coworkers with an overdeveloped ego or one of the whatever coworkers, your brain goes in the fight-or-flight mode. In other words, we act first and think later. Now, that's never happened to you, right? Right. Well, when this happens at work, it debilitates our strategic thinking and kills our self-esteem. Are we now a productive member of the team or a disgruntled employee? Once again, you know the answer. When I read both of these articles, my mind went straight to improvisation. For those who have been following my work, you're going, huh, shocker, right? Bit of sarcasm. There's a lot to unpack here, so let's start with the belief that punishment will not occur when you make a mistake. In improv, we say there are no mistakes, only gifts and happy accidents. No one is perfect. Even those who don't suffer from the lack of certainty make mistakes. Leaders and teammates need to respect each other, trust one another, and support each other when taking these risks. Remember, there's risks in everything that we do. Don't punish, but praise the person for taking the risk. There's another saying in improv. Bad ideas are bridges to good ideas. No ideas lead to nothing. You see, if everyone justifies everyone else's actions, then there are no mistakes. It's all a learning experience. Then there's the fear of being embarrassed and feeling insecure. Once you put your ego out of the way, we stop judging others' ideas instead we consider them brilliant and eagerly follow them. Hmm. You see that great improvisers accept these ideas of their other teammates without judging them as good or bad and always thinking this is now our idea. When we do this unilaterally throughout our team and give people the freedom to speak their mind, magic will happen immediately. One of my all-time favorite improv quotes describes psychological safety by saying, there are gems in every idea. Embrace and build. Treat every idea as though it has the potential to change the world, and at some point, one will. Creating a safe place for a team to share their ideas under the umbrella of psychological safety may be easier to achieve versus asking a question during a financial meeting when you don't have the financial foundation necessary to articulate a question. To avoid being perceived as stupid, we are now more inclined to nod our heads up and down and agree with then ask a question. However, when you do ask the financial question, you'll more than likely receive an answer full of accounting and finance jargon, leaving you even more confused. So what is the solution here? Well, knowledge is the solution. Accounting and finance knowledge, to be exact. I address this in Season 4, Episode 8, where I discuss financial leadership. The answer and the solution is taking an accounting and finance fundamentals course powered by color accounting. In season four, episode eight, I described the color accounting process, the benefits, and provide three pertinent examples. I would highly suggest that you listen to the entire episode to learn more. In the meantime, I have another case study to share with you, and it's titled, 
we could have saved about 80000 a year. In early 2000, Mark Robilliard was facilitating a corporate workshop for a team of leaders and middle managers in a large multinational headquarters in Sydney, Australia. After becoming accounting literate using the color accounting system, the final session in this particular workshop involved the participants having a quick review of their own work area and then discuss any thoughts on generating additional revenue or incurring less expenses. One of the participants, the team leader in the internal mailroom, shyly raised their hand and nervously said, I think we could have saved about 80000 per year if we had changed how we do this process. The CFO, who just happened to be in the room, almost fell out of his chair, and when he recovered his composure, he asked the team leader, how come you've never brought this to us before? And the answer was simple. I just do my job. I didn't know we should be thinking about the business, too. What value do these types of business conversations have in any organization? Shouldn't everyone be accounting literate and develop a business owner type mindset? Everyone in your organization should increase their accounting literacy because how much money would the organization save if they did their job and thought about the business too? Novel idea, right? How effective are your senior managers, managers, sales teams, and back office teams around finance? Do they perform a psychological safety in the accounting and finance meetings? Do they speak their mind and ask questions without feeling insecure or embarrassed? In conclusion, the Harvard Business Review article states, if you create a sense of psychological safety on your team starting now, you can expect to see higher engagement levels, increased motivation to tackle difficult problems, more learning and development opportunities, and better performance. So what are you waiting for? If you'd like to learn more about how improvisational leadership creates a culture that fully supports psychological safety within the organization and or more about color accounting process, please contact me at peter at petermargaritas.com. Like what you just heard, visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.